0: Two first things first, I'm Jenna Wolf, alongside Nick Wright, Brandon Marshall, Kevin Wilds. And guys, you know, coming into the season, we kept throwing around names of teams that were going to be fantastic. We talked about the Ravens, we talked about the Chiefs, maybe the Patriots, and then Brandon Marshall comes in. He says, hang on, everyone's forgetting about the Steelers, to which we said, you're right, we are. Oh, last stop, night, Jimmy, further proof, stop. perhaps stop, we dude. have forgotten about the guy. Steelers, giving you some love, Brandon Marshall. Let us start there oh, this morning. Uh, well, m- Monday Night Football. Are you blushing? You might be. That's a football blush right there. We'll start there. Big return. <laughs> a big Ben. Didn't take much. Giants, Steelers. Here we go. Ben Roethlisberger, bag after missing all but two games last year with that elbow injury. You wouldn't have known it last night. Ben throwing for three touchdowns, two of them to Juju Smith-Schuster and that defense. Man, that defense looked good last night. Held Saquon to six yards rushing. Would be the way the Giants played. Your Giants, Wilds. Joe Judge's Giants, they lose. That means the Steelers gotcha. open the season with a win. Welcome back to the game, Big Ben. So, Brandon, let's start there. How did the quarterback look, Ben Roethlisberger, in his first uh- game back?
1: I'm definitely blushing. You know, when I picked uh, my, 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 little, my little dark horse teams, I said the Colts, they didn't get the job done for me this past Sunday. I also talked about the Steelers. And there was people on the show that laughed at me. That person was Nick Wright. And then there was also another person on the show who has these amazing facial expressions. Kevin Wiles, he's always throwing his arms up and he's making these faces. He laughed at me. So I just want to say, this is the perfect way for my Pittsburgh Steelers to start the season. Big Ben knocked off the rust in the first quarter. The second quarter is exactly how we wanted it to to look. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster looked so good last night. He's probably the most happiest person on the planet. He has his quarterback back now. And then also, our defense, wow. You said hour. it so brilliantly in the open. Our defense stopped the most expose, explosive hour. player in the NFL, Saquon Barkley. This guy has six rushing yards. Yeah. That's impossible for, for today's running backs. How does that happen? So, so, Brandon,
2: Brandon, Brandon, listen. I know we haven't been working together for, you know, all that incredibly long, but we've known each other for a decent amount of time. And I must say, I am a little taken aback by a lack of consistency from Friday to Tuesday. Now, you've been very consistent in the love of the Steelers. But on Friday, when the defending Super Bowl champions hung nearly 40 on a playoff team from last year, I was told, pump the brakes, calm down, it's week one. Mm -hmm. But when the Steelers beat the losingest team in the NFL over the last three years <laughs> were printing up parade. Nick. But uh, charts. So I'm all I, listen. I'm just saying. I, you
1: know, I'm just giving I'm back just to you what you so point. generously gave to I, I, me Monday. I got it. Yeah, go ahead. I love it. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yes, we don't want to overreact. Everybody's overreacting on Monday and Tuesdays after uh-huh. Monday night football games. Uh-huh. But Wows, I'm just validating my point. That's all. When you have a hot take on TV, <laughs> people laugh at you. Some people make these faces. Jenna, that's all I'm doing is validating <laughs> that I faces. said before I the it. season that the Pittsburgh Steelers will win. Listen, Nick, you did this in basketball. You picked the Denver Nuggets to go seven. Mm-hmm. You picked them. Yeah. Yeah, of That's course. all I'm doing here on the course. This is, no, By the
2: way, Brandon, Brandon, I'm not attacking you. I actually encourage th- this the, the slight tweaking of the goalposts to further validate your point. And I will go a step <laughs> further after being a semi-bad teammate in the beginning. I'm going to be a good teammate for you here. Be- and, and I'm going to throw this to you, Wilds. It is true that the chart for the Steelers, if you were going to map out the scenario of how they could be a contender it is the defense plays to the same level it played last year and they just get a boosted quarterback play doesn't have to be great quarterback play but a boost from the duck and Mason to Big Ben whatever he has left (laughs) and last night Big Ben was a guy who looked like (laughs) he did have more than a little bit left so they have that going for them Additionally, what you have with the Steelers is the defense, which we know great defenses, it's hard for that to duplicate year over year. The defense last night was exceptional, was as good as a defense can play. Granted, it was against Daniel Jones and Joe Judge's Giants, but I will say through one week, the Steelers did what you would need to do to say, oh, maybe they are on those fr- uh, at that fringe of the AFC contenders list wilds. I agree, and Brandon, the question I have for you about your beloved Steelers,
3: and by the way, everybody, Brandon is from that area in Pennsylvania, so don't take this as, like, the analysis of of an (laughs) all-pro wide receiver and all-time NFL great. This is actually the analysis, just like my Patriots analysis, of just a kid who grew up and is now on (laughs) TV living for their favorite team and putting a bunch of statistics behind it. So but still, Brandon, That's all right. I'll ask you this. The 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 Giants uh and I don't want to say anything bad about Joe Judge. I I don't want to. Mm. But the Giants looked very very bad. And there was a point where Kirk Herbstreit said, "Hey, uh I give it to Joe Judge for sticking with the run. I respect it. And I'm like, yeah, that's the same type of respect that you have for the Titanic captain and the band that played on as the Titanic sank into the murky blue depths. There was a point where I was yeah. like, Joe Judge, please, with all the laps that we've done, you'd think you'd focus more on getting Saquon some some real estate to run. So the question I have for you is this. Did it give you pause at all when you're watching your dominant Steelers defense, say like, eh, this Giants team's not that good. Maybe I should pump the brakes a little bit.
1: Uh, no, Wilds, I mean, we're not schedule makers. There, there are people to get paid <laughs> to do this. There's one guy that sits on Park Avenue in New York City, in the middle of Manhattan, and that's his job. That's not the Steelers' job. That's not Coach Tomlin's job. That's not Juju's job. That's not Big Ben's job. However, I will say that you know we did what we were supposed to do we were supposed to take advantage yeah. of a team that weren't that wasn't good I don't know what's going on with the Giants, but they have some huge problems there. When you have I, I truly believe this, and this is not a hot take. He is one of the most explosive players that I've ever seen. Just look at that screen from last night. He took Saquon. that screen, probably took it f- almost 40 yards. Saquon, Saquon Barkley. So explosive. When you see that, you have to use it. How do you get the ball in his hands more? If your offensive line is not going to create holes for you, then Coach Garrett, you have to to be creative. I look at uh, Alvin Kamara and the New Orleans Saints. To me, that is the example, example. That is the standard. You have to put together creative packages, whether that's Wildcat, you're seeing this guy uh, literally take the ball and run zone read. I think there's other things that they can do to get this ball, this guy involved early. Jet sweeps, you look at what they're doing out in LA with the Rams, and and how they they open up holes with just guys running across the the the, the formation. Uh, Coach Judge, uh, Coach Garrett, you guys got to be in the lab right now this morning trying to figure it out because you have one of the most explosive players that ever strap it up.
2: Listen, Saquon's awesome, even if last night wasn't reflective of that. It's hard to blame last night on him. He his average carry, his first contact was negative 0.7 yards, meaning he was touched on average before he even got to the line of scrimmage. The (laughs) Giants, though, have major systemic issues. Listen, I, I, I know everyone is trying to set the bar so low for Daniel Jones that he can't help but overcome it, but this is a guy who's played 14 NFL games. Nine of them, he has had multiple turnovers, 13 of them, he has had at least one turnover. There's been one game in his career where he hasn't turned the ball over. And I am not ready to, you know, to say Joe Judge doesn't know what he's doing. It's one game. But what I will say is, his opening oh, quarter, as an NFL game. head coach. Oh, now you want to say it's listen, one game. Well, no, no, listen, I just, the, hold on. Well, as far as it, uh, figuring out whether or not a coach knows what he's doing, I want to give him more time, to be fair. But... Just in that opening quarter, he called for a punt on 4th and 1 at the Steelers 40. Unacceptable in 2020. Mm. He called for a field goal (laughs) on 4th and goal from the Steelers 2. Unacceptable in 2020. And when the fumblingest fumbler I've ever seen fumble, Daniel Jones, fumbled the football into the end zone for a Giants touchdown, and it was called incomplete. He didn't challenge. That's four points left on the board by Joe Judge. So maybe he'll get better, but I would just recommend Wilds a little less time in the muddy slip inside and with tennis balls on the hands and a little more time reading analytics for dummies because those are all layups. Those Wild. are all obvious, the, clear decisions record, Jenna. that he should have made, Wilds listening just for the record jenna
3: zero holding penalties courtesy of the tennis balls zero holding penalties the tennis balls work (laughs) they're gonna they're gonna take over the league (laughs) they couldn't hold because the
0: Steelers
4: were just running past
0: them we, we now know why big ben wanted to come back so badly he knew the team he had he saw that defense he said i could work with that compared to what we had last year all right we'll take a break question for you Who deserves more blame for the disconnect in Wheat One, Baker or Odell? I got takes, Nick. Mm. We're talking Browns. Next, first things first. (laughs) For a lot of us, our home is now more than just our home. It's also a gym, a bakery, and a barber shop. And if you're a business owner or a people manager, home might also be where you do your hiring. That's where ZipRecruiter comes in. ZipRecruiter makes hiring faster and easier because you can do it all from one convenient place. ZipRecruiter.com approach. No matter where you're hiring from, ZipRecruiter does the work for you. How? Well, ZipRecruiter's matching technology scans thousands of resumes and profiles to identify the most qualified people for your job. If you're really interested in a candidate, you can even invite them to apply for your job. With one click, ZipRecruiter sends them an email from you and you stand out from the competition. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, first things first listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash ziprecruiter.com/approach, approach. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash approach, A-P-P-R-O-A-C-H, ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Sunday on Fox, Cowboys looking to bounce back after their season opening loss. They host the Falcons in their home opener this Sunday. Or you may see Jimmy Jean, the Niners, taking on the Jets. All that NFL action kicking off at 1 Eastern. Check your local listings for the games in your area, or you can watch it on the Fox Sports app. Time right now for four things first. Collection of a couple things Mm. we saw we love. Brandon, you love that Titans win.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was another team. All my predictions are coming true so far. I know Nick's going to try to crush me and say, oh, Brandon, you're contradicting yourself. It's week one. It's an overreaction. But this is coming true. The Titans played terrible, and they still won. So hats off to this team for getting a huge win in Monday Night Football.
0: All right, Kevin, Milwaukee's best for Giannis.
1: All right, so Woes tweeted out, ESPN
3: sources in a three-hour lunch meeting. You can basically stop there. Look, I'll give you a 90-minute breakfast. I'll I'll give you a four-hour dinner. But I am not giving you a three-hour lunch. That will just get you into trouble. There's nothing to talk about for three hours with Giannis. Here's what you do. Hey, we're (laughs) gonna give you the Super Max. It's around 250, it's more than any other team can give you. (laughs) We're gonna go over the luxury tax and try to get Chris Paul. Then you look at it, like, all right, you got two hours and 59 minutes left. You're gonna get yourself in trouble. Eventually around the two-hour, 15-minute mark, you're like, what's up with your free throws, huh? You've been going down the last four years. You know, it's the same listen, what's the deal? Hey! You're a two-time MVP, but you can't just have, like, a singular move to get to the basket besides that spin move. Like, we'd like to post you up. I'm telling you, two-hour lunch, Max Lassery next time. Three hours, way too much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nick, Nick, uh, heads-up play from Larry Fitz. Yeah, I tried
2: to get this in yesterday. I'm always crushing teams for bad game management. This was utter brilliance by Fitzgerald. The Cardinals trying to mount a comeback into the first half. The pass is not even to Fitzy. It's to nuke. There is 10 seconds left when this play ends. He gets the ball from him, runs it to the middle of field, hands it to the center. That is the single most efficient spike play that you can't run it faster. That is that is the breaking the speed of sound on the spike play. It can't be done better than that. That got them three points. It proved critical. Awesome. That was as smart as any play made this weekend.
0: Hey, guys, there's an old expression in football that goes, if not by feet, then by fours, all fours. This is Steelers outside linebacker Ola Dainey, who will do anything to rush the passer, including do it from his belly, which is as far away from the passer as you could possibly get. But, but he does it. Crawl, 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 crawl. Watch it. Watch it. Right, ready, ready? No, but I will tell you this: great core strength <laughs> involved in something like that. I once did the oh, length yeah. of a football course field course just drink. like that. Fantastic core strength. That was obviously my takeaway. Now, it proved ineffective. Daniel Jones got the pass off, but core strength is my takeaway from last night's game. Um, okay, let's pull back the curtain. So, in a commercial break yesterday, we started talking about the Browns and why Odell wasn't the star of Sunday's game, and as is often the case. Kevin Wild said, hey, save it for the show. So we did, and here we are, saving it for the show. The Ravens embarrassed the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. Baker and Odell clearly not on the same page. Odell just three catches for 22 yards. Head coach Kevin Stefanski saying the disconnect between his two stars is something we, quote, have to get to the bottom of. Brandon, these two already played an entire season together. This isn't a new relationship. Baker knows Odell. Odell knows Baker. This was their 17th game on Sunday. So who do you think needs to be more accountable here, Baker or Odell?
1: I think everybody needs to take a chill pill and relax. I I just think uh, because of exactly what you said, they played last year and they spent a lot of time together in the offseason, that it should be better. But this is coach's job to get this right, and I think he's feeling the pressure inside the building that you have this star wide receiver, once-in-a-lifetime wide receiver, you know, and talent, and you have to take advantage of it, and they can't find a way. So when I heard this... I was like, wow, this is not good because obviously this is an internal discussion and and this is top of mind for a lot of folks in this organization. Uh, But when I watched the film, I literally sat down last night and I went through every single play. And I thought coach did a a tremendous job of calling the game and getting Odell in position. Now, I'm saying this from experience. Like, my skill set is totally different than Odell's. But we're number one wide receivers. I was a number one wide receiver, and I think it holds true for most guys. Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas. You you know, you get the same looks. Teams are going to double you. They're going to roll coverage to you. They're going to disguise coverage, uh, and and, and that's what you see. So when I look at what they did with Odell, there's two ways you can approach it. You can leave a guy outside and just say, okay, you know, scheme as you want to. And then there's another way that you can approach it, and that's, you know, let's move this guy around so it's hard to find where he's at and game plan against him. He played X. He played in the slot. He played Z. He ran slant from the slot. He ran option from the slot. They play action on first down and tried to take shots and get the ball down the field. He ran slant from the X wide receiver on the short side of the ball. He was targeted 10 times, and when you look at it, I was like, wow, is this about the Cleveland Browns, or is this about the Baltimore Ravens? And it really was about the Baltimore Ravens. When you look at what they did, they had defensive linemen uh, jumping underneath his routes. They had uh, edge press rushers jumping underneath his routes when he was at Z or X, and he was outside the numbers. So they did a, a hell of a job trying to take Odell out of this game. So... I really think everybody needs to take a chill pill. Um, Definitely there's pressure there. They need to figure it out because you have an emotional player who can really uh, um, go into hiding if you don't get them involved. But but here's the thing, though. This is what—and I have to say this. I have to say that I was an emotional player. And this is what Coach Shanahan and the Denver Broncos did for me Uh, to get me involved, they would come to me before the game and say, Brandon, this is a game where you're probably not going to be involved much. So what we're going to do is we're going to throw a smoke route. That's a one-step hitch. It's an extended run. If you get four yards, great, but we want you to touch the ball. We want you to be a part of it. If it goes 440, that's, that's icing on the cake. They also ran screens. They ran bubbles. Half of my <coughs> catches every single year came off of those extended running plays where they just tossed the ball out to me and let me make something happen. You didn't see that. So I think there's huge opportunity for them to get Odell involved early and be honest with the guy and say, look, we're playing against a Baltimore Ravens team that it, that's historically taken out the number one wide receiver that plays outside by the numbers. So be patient and understand. Understand that this may not be your game Well, so
2: listen you obviously hit on a bunch of super important things there The last one that I th- want to focus on is the emotional component of this and I understand yeah, the audience and, and certain folks are gonna be like listen Everyone wants their wide receiver to be Larry Fitzgerald. I just showed him. He has football IQ off the charts. Totally emotionally even-keeled. Almost no diva to him whatsoever. Is not going to throw a fit on the side. That's great. Awesome. But there is one Larry Fitzgerald. And he comes around about once a generation, if that. Other guys, it is the coach's job to get the most out of the talent knowing the talents own either physical, emotional, or mental limitations. And I think understanding that Odell is a guy that is highly emotional, for good or for bad. That is a sensitive guy, for good or for bad. That, Brandon, your point about going to him before the game, if you think it's going to be a tough matchup for him, you got Marcus Peters, you got the Ravens defense... And kind of mentally preparing him for that, or or finding ways, what what could be a Kareem Hunt four-yard run just as easily can be an Odell Beckham Jr. four-yard catch. And I get it. Some people will say, oh, my God, he makes $16 million a year. You shouldn't have to do that. But, Brandon, what I would say is maybe you shouldn't have to do it, but if the idea is to get the most out of a player, that's what you should be doing. Like, you were a super emotional player. And you were at your best when you were feeling great. And so it was the coach's job to put you in that
1: mental state, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to think about it. <clears throat> the wide receiver is the only position, in my mind, on the field where our success totally is in the hands fingers. of someone else. Yes. You have the quarterback, you have the offensive line, you have the play caller. So, you know, it's an emotional roller coaster at times for a wide receiver because if you don't perform, you don't get paid. If you don't get paid and you don't perform, you're probably not going to be on the team. So how do you uh, uh, put the team first and put the team over your your selfish needs, right? It's a hard thing to do. I just think that Coach uh, Shanahan, Jeremy Bates and Jay Culler did a phenomenal job managing me in Denver. There was one game where I where I tied the record, the NFL record for most catches in the, in the game, 18. Terrell Owens, he held it for a very long time. Before that game, Jeremy Bates came to me, he said, Brandon, I'm being honest with you, this is not your game. We're playing against the San Diego Chargers. We gotta get the ball out quick. You have lights out. You have this dominant defensive line. It's just not your game. He said, so this is what I'm gonna do in the first 15 plays. I'm gonna throw you a screen. I'm gonna throw you a bubble. And then throughout the game, I'm to try to figure it out but you need to stick with me because they knew in the second quarter the third quarter if I didn't touch the ball I could go the opposite way there could be an incident on the sideline where yeah. you're seeing me uh, maybe crying you could see me walking for up for to Jay cut like bro what's going on so I think that's a perfect example how to how to uh, approach an emotional wide receiver Brandon. because if you don't it could be that at your detriment
0: Quickly, before we get to Kevin, it's not like this is the first time we're meeting Odell Beckham Jr. He's been, he was emotional with the Giants. He was emotional his first year with Cleveland. We know he's emotional. This is a new head coach who did copious amounts of research on his talent. If that is something that should happen in the NFL, why was that not a priority? When Kevin Stefanski came out and says, hey, we finally got Odell healthy. This is it. We want this offense to run through him. Shouldn't that just be just a prerequisite? Let's have a conversation. So then it comes from coaching. Maybe that's where the accountability should be
1: it's about it's about leadership there's a reason why bill belichick is bill belichick and they dominate year in year out right because he understands how to approach people and meet people where they're at and bring his whole team together not everyone can 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 work with a a malcontent emotional player and that's the goal right like you you said it nick not everyone's larry fitzgerald or aj green majority of the wide receivers in this league comes with a little something so you have to be able to manage that on the field and off the field I think coach has what it takes to do it but it's 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 more about understanding the psyche all you got to do is throw the ball to this guy early that's it Throw him a hitch, throw him a screen, throw him a bubble. Don't worry about the big shots. Don't worry about the 15-yard comebacks. Don't worry about the slants. That will come. Because now you got your, you got Baker Mayfield, who's a young quarterback who can be good, but when he drops back, what is he thinking about? Baker Mayfield's thinking about, if I don't throw to Odell Beckham Jr., I got to go to the sideline, got to see him pouting, potentially kicking a net, hitting his head against the net. Like, that's what's going through his head. You want this young quarterback dropping back and, and naturally and organically going through his progressions and not forcing anything. And I had to learn this the hard way with my quarterbacks. I used to tell Fitz, right? I was like, Fitz, if you see me... Angry or pissed off on the sideline, don't worry about it. You play your game because if you start forcing it, then we're looking at three interceptions, four interceptions, and we lose. When it's one on one, just come to me. Just keep it simple.
3: Jenna, Jenna, just for the record, I'm out here like Odell. Uh, Brandon's throwing the ball. Jarvis London. I haven't talked. To all, I haven't talked to all the So you guys got to get me the ball sometimes too. I love oh. that. <laughs> I love don't
1: worry. I- Tomorrow
0: morning. Tomorrow morning before the show, I'm gonna ask you a super, super simple, simple question. Even though I know fine, you very well, oh, you can answer see. that simple question and, just for the record, and <laughs> then we're gonna move on. Would that make you happy?
3: And guess what? There's two Larry Fitzgeralds, Nick. I could have had that on thrown was- that in. I could have said there's two Larry Fitzgeralds. Hey. My dad's Larry Fitzgerald. Hey
0: guys, speaking of accountability, oh, you're right. you're Kawhi right. Leonard. Can he and the Clippers avoid total disaster tonight, Game 7? We're talking hoops. First things first.
1: Wow, that was awesome.
0: The stress of daily life weighs on all of us, whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day. Muscle pain and muscle tension, that's a real thing. That's why I use Theragon, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth Speed and power, and now it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet you'll wonder if it's on. While you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness, try Theragun risk free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app and the quiet and power that you need. Starting at only $199, go to theragun.com FTF right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash FTF, theragun.com slash FTF. Back here with Chris Broussard previewing Nuggets Clippers Game 7. Nuggets with all the momentum here. That's what happens when you have monster comeback wins over a Clippers team. Many pick to win it all, Broussard. Just saying, I just threw that out there. It was natural. It kind of just fit the end of the sentence. The winner tonight earns a trip to the Western Conference Finals where the Lakers await. So, if you're the head coach, how do you get your team fired up for the game? Oh, you don't have to.
5: Know what you're gonna say to the team tomorrow? Yep. Yeah. No, I'm gonna say let's go win. Like, there's no rah-rah uh, speeches are very overrated, Dan. They they last about three minutes, mm-hmm. and you come running out, and you're fired up, and three minutes later, you got to focus on playing basketball. So, there's no like secret speech. You know, that's for um, you know the the movies. You know, the real thing is, you got to have them prepared
0: vehemently disagree <laughs> I have a pro rah-rah speech <laughs> mentality approach to absolutely everything um okay Broussard let's start with you what are you expecting from game seven tonight
4: well first of all let me let me say this despite the proclamations of Nick Wright the Clippers have never been my beloved Clippers okay they're oh. only beloved oh. to the, <laughs> you, the, the few no no <laughs> I, you you talk about it, Nick, like I grew up some Clippers fan. There's a few dozen Angelina. you seemed like it all year. It. No, I, I have <laughs> been on the Clippers since Christmas, but I am now off of them. All right? I am off no, of the Clippers. Whoa. They have upset me <laughs> so much. Now, I do have them winning tonight. I do have the Clippers okay. winning tonight. We're back. But they will not cheat the good. process. And win a championship. They will win tonight, but I'm off the Clippers. Hold I'm, on. They, they what is it? No. Unacceptable.
3: No. I unacceptable. No. No.
2: I have to jump in. No, <laughs> no, no. I have <laughs> been <laughs> let astray. <laughs> let astray. <laughs> <Led> astray. <laughs> <Led> astray. <laughs> we know. Yeah, yeah. No, hold on. Can't I gotta do that. jump in. I. Uh, you know how, Not like in show. politics, someone goes to the Oval Office and submits their resignation. And then the president says, <laughs> I decline to accept. Broussard, I reject yeah. your resignation of the Clippers. They have had no injuries. There has been nothing, no, no systemic changes. There has been no facts on the ground that have changed. This now, is who they've speech. been all year, who you've been writing all year, and you can't now at the last second be like, Oh, I'm going with LeBron. Of course you should have been going with LeBron. Of course you should have known that the Clippers not giving a damn about the regular season was going to catch up with them. Uh, And of course you should have known that Doc Rivers, by the way, Doc, It's very curious. It's like rah-rah speeches are overrated. The part of that he didn't say, or that he didn't say, but maybe he should have is, and as it happens, the only time my teams haven't wildly underachieved was when I had Kevin Garnett, one of the greatest rah-rah guys ever. Maybe I should have learned from him. Maybe then I wouldn't have underachieved with T-Mac and CP3 and about to with Kawhi and Paul George. Neither here nor there. Broussard, this is who they've always... Right, like he says rah-rah
4: speeches are overrated,
0: Why? Pat, look, one of Go the ahead. greatest
4: coaches of all time is known for rah-rah speeches, Pat Riley. Pat Riley had a rah-rah trunk of photos when he led the, the Heat to the championship in 2006. And you're right, Nick. This would be Doc Rivers' second time losing a 3-1 lead in the playoffs. Go back to 2015 against Houston. So, no, look, would be you guys, if they lose, no, sorry, it would sorry. be his third. third. time. He blew third. one with T-Mac. Okay.
2: He blew one with T-Mac. That's right, Prime T-Mac in Orlando. There's only been six of these in the last 20 years. Two of them already have been Doc. It could be a third. And so, like, Brandon, Broussard is saying, you know, he still thinks the the Clippers will win tonight, but then they'll get dispatched by the greatest player ever. Brandon, I think you and me don't even think they get there. Like, I think the Clippers are, at this point, They've been exposed as a front-runner, and go
1: ahead. They're toast. No, yeah, they're done, they're toast, but, you know, uh, Chris, I've been watching you for 15 years on television, I have lost all respect for you. I've (laughs) lost all respect for you, there's (laughs) no way you can stand up here on national television and go back. This is your team. You can't you can't this now is, say, oh, look. this isn't my team. I didn't grow up cheering for this team. There's no way, Chris. My Ruff. team? No. Hold on. Hold on absolutely hold on, hold on. not. Hold
4: on. It's take integrity. I would never change within a series. But before they play the Lakers, I can I, I gotta pick who I think's gonna win. I'm supposed <laughs> to analyze what I see and pick who I think's gonna win. Now, it's I like, get I'm there. not saying it's out of the possibility. I think they'll win tonight. I'm not going back on my Clippers pick in this series. I believe they will win tonight. I thought it would be six. It'll be seven. But I don't believe they will beat the Lakers going forward. That's all I'm saying.
3: Broussard, there's three right, Clippers who haven't shown up. Montrez hasn't shown up. He went from 19 to 10. Can't guard Joker. Lou Williams can't shoot the three anymore. He hasn't shown up. And you, long-time Clipper fan, ever since you were a child, <laughs> rooting for the San Diego Clippers and Bill Walton, you were the third Clipper who hasn't shown up. I need you to go back to your boyhood when you were, had a picture of Bill Fitch on your oh, wall and uh, you were listening the to the San teletype uh, uh, from San Diego. You need to summon the, all the energy of Chris Kamen and Quentin Richardson and Darius Smiles just like you have for your entire career. And balancing a journalistic career with being a, a bleeding heart Clipper fan. Stay with it, buddy. I know it's been tough to, to see this downfall. you got to stay with it. I also do not accept your resignation. you got to stay with it, Broussard.
4: There's something more important than take integrity, and that's integrity. Wow. I can't sit on here and say I think the Clippers are going to go uh, to the championship. That's a good When point. I don't, come
1: on, yeah,
4: I don't. Yeah. I mean, so it but, is what but it you is. But Chris, why? But Chris, but Chris, why? Well, but Chris, but Chris how,
1: how? But Chris, but Chris, like how? Like how are we in this situation? You know that? Let's let, let's yeah, move the conversation question. forward to that. Okay. Like what is going on with the Clippers? Because when you look at it, Paul George and Kawhi are not playing bad. So what really is
4: the problem? They don't have the chemistry. I thought they could cheat the process. They can't. They (laughs) they they play 18 games together with their best squad. All right. They 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 took Nick said it. They took the regular season lightly. They thought they could turn it on and off. Marcus Moore said it. They can't. It's a simple. Now again, I think they win the night. They just can't win it all. I don't think. So how how, how much of this is? I think there's.
2: Go ahead, Brandon.
1: No, I was just going to ask, how much of this is the Denver Nuggets? You know, we, we're talking about the Clippers and it's the headlines, and we tend to do this on television talking sports. But it's always like, oh, the better team, uh, they're losing, so let's talk about Nuggets them. Got but when heart. I look at it, man, the Nuggets, dip-
4: Nuggets got heart. And Mike, we talked about Doc. This is the second straight series being outcoached. Yeah. We got to look at Doc Rivers. Get them motivated. Get them to execute. He's doing none of it. They're isoing too much. He's saying they're not moving the ball, but it keeps happening. Yeah. And the defensive schemes aren't working. Now again, I believe they'll win tonight, but they going forward, I don't think they can cheat the process. I think next year they'll come back and be better. But I think if they man, lose in this these playoffs, man. it'll be good for next them, year. But I. Assuming they're together, they'll be better next year. But you can't cheat the process. It's rare for a team to come together right Mm -hmm. away and win a championship. We saw it in 08 with Doc Celtics. But look at Miami, the big three in 2011. Look at the Barkley, Olajuwon, Drexler Rockets never won it. It is rare for this to happen. I thought it could happen this year, but I'm off of it.
2: Okay, two (laughs) quick things. One is the only reason that I am not apoplectic about Broussard changing his pick is because the line he had about what's more important than take integrity is actual integrity. That wouldn't resonate oh, we, with me with anyone on television except for avowed man of God and leader of men, Chris Broussard. I almost feel like he is like, gosh darn it, he played the Trump card. He's made, played his big Joker. He's like, man, he's like, I do leadership seminars. You can't ask me to do a pick I don't believe in. But, what It is a little simpler, Brandon, than everything we're talking about as far as why the Nuggets are in the position they're in. What did I say uh, last week about Lakers-Rockets? NBA history, 85% of series have gone to the team with the best player, and it is a fair question to ask in this series who has been the best player, because I believe it's been Nikola Jokic. And by, and like you can say Kawhi's better... Overall, uh, over the but, I, I need to see the evidence of it. You, and you can say, "Oh, you're not accounting the defensive end." Well, Kawhi's individual defense has not done a damn thing for the Clippers as they've blown 15 plus point leads in the last two games. Jokic has been the best guy in this series, and that, as big of anything, is one of the biggest reasons why the Nuggets are in this position.
0: All right, Game Seven tonight, Nuggets Clippers. Uh, Chris Broussard, stick around. I've a feeling we're talking about this again. Hey, did Bruce Arians call out Tom Brady for his poor play in Week One? You know why? Because he's got integrity. Talking box next. First things oh, first.
3: Goodness.
4: <laughs>
0: Start your Saturday strong. 10 a.m. Eastern with the big noon kickoff show, followed by the big noon game of the week. Houston takes on Baylor on Fox and the Fox Sports app back here talking Tampa Bay Buccaneers not quite the start that Tom Brady had hoped for he was picked off twice by the Saints sacked three times in the loss his head coach Bruce Arians pretty blunt in his assessment of Brady's Bucks debut take a listen to what he had to say
5: you knows how to bounce back and uh he knew he didn't play very well
1: and uh, it, it's not what he expects from himself, nor do we expect. So yeah, I, w- I wouldn't anticipate him to uh, have a little more grit and a little more determination this week.
0: One more grit, a little more. a little more determination, maybe play a little better. We welcome <laughs> in Brian like Westbrook. Oh, Brian, harder. what do you make of what Bruce Arians had to say? Try harder. <laughs> Be less forty-three. I, I
5: had. N- <laughs> yeah, I had no problem <laughs> with what uh, Bruce Arians said. I, I think he was absolutely right. But, but I'll tell you this, I played for Andy Reid, and Andy Reid, even after bad games, he would come to you in film and he would say, you need to do all these things better. He would talk to you in front of the team. And he would say, okay, guys, here's some things that you personally need to do better. But when he got in front of the media, he never would throw his players underneath the bus. He would never say, Brian Westbrook had a bad game. Donovan McNabb had a bad game. He would always say, as a coach, I need to put these guys in a better position. And that always yeah. drove the media crazy. But now you have Bruce Arians, who is a different guy. It's a lot of different ways to coach your players. And if you listen to that interview, that whole interview, Tom Brady wasn't the only guy that Bruce Arians threw underneath the bus. He threw a lot of different guys underneath the bus. And really, the reporters, they began asking them specifically about, well, how did this guy play? And how did this guy play? And Bruce Arians said, well, this guy did good. He, this guy needs to do better. So he had no problem. <laughs> I think he was fair. He talked about everybody in the same exact way. I have to believe when Tom Brady went down to Tampa, he desperately wanted to be out of New England. And Bruce Arian said, listen, I'm going to keep it real with everybody. I'm going to coach you just like everybody else. I'm going to hold you accountable. And I have to believe Tom Brady would expect something like this after the game that he played uh, on Sunday, and Brandon, to me, this is exactly what you want. You want integrity from your coach. If you were one of those players on that football team and saw how Tom Brady played, and if Bruce Arians got in front of the, the cameras and said, "Hey, we have nothing to worry about. All these guys did bad, and Tom just Tom needs to improve," but that's there's no integrity there. The players on that football team want to make sure that everyone is held accountable, and I think it starts with Tom Brady. And Bruce Arians did a great job of that in his interview.
0: Brandon
1: B. I, I, like, I like Bruce. I really do. He's the type of coach I would want to play for. But this is all bad. This is bad. Like, you don't <laughs> do that. You just sit it, right? Like, Andy Reid would never do that. Coach Shanahan barely did it. He did it probably a, a handful of times in, 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 in my four years with him. I, I mean, I rarely seen it. Bill Belichick didn't do that. Bill Belichick coached Tom Brady harder than anyone has ever coached Tom Brady. Think about that. Like, since he was a boy, Bill Belichick is a guy that stood in front of the team meeting when Tom was sitting at the front and said, you didn't play well. He's notorious for calling out Tom Brady. Tom doesn't... I'm sorry, guys, but this is just... I just don't understand what value this adds. Because when you look at a star player... A star player does two things uh, when he stand in front of the camera. Number one, when they lose, they take the responsibility. I gotta play better, and when and, and when they win, hey, it was my teammate, right? So we we're we're trained to stand in front of the camera and say the right things, and I just don't understand why. Uh, Bruce would, would have this type of conversation with the media, adding more fuel uh, to this fire. There's already so many other distractions. You got COVID-19. You just lost a big game uh, in, the, in the season opener. It's just more distractions. I don't like it. I think Bruce is, uh, is, is going about it the wrong way. Uh, if I'm Tom Brady, I'm looking at it and I'm like, look, my left tackle played bad. My, you gave me a, a right rookie tackle right like this is be- mike yeah. mike Evans stopped running down the middle middle of the scene that pick is on him but but tom brady didn't say that in, in his presser he just said look we just got there's some things we have to clean up so if i'm bruce Arians, I, I i think you you really got to look yourself in the mirror and check this
2: so brandon i totally understand why as a player this could rankle you as someone who's obviously never been a player i look at it and i'm like okay this was one of the three most watched events, television shows, sporting event of this, of 2020. And I say that to say this. The media knows Tom Brady played bad. It's not like Tom Brady had some, everyone's like, wow, Tom Brady played great. And then Bruce Aarons like, let me debunk that theory. Everybody knew Brady stunk. <laughs> so Arians was just confirming what everyone already knew. And... Part of Tom Brady's legend, and you guys both alluded to it, Brian and Brandon, is that he loves being coached hard. That part of the Patriot way was that Belichick could stand up in those meetings and excoriate Brady. So I don't think it's unreasonable for Bruce Arians when they lose a game in large part because their most veteran, their highest that's the paid. Issue. They're, I got it, but those, but they were Publicly very, very public, issue. obvious mistakes, Brandon. It's like you've got your highest-paid, highest-profile, most important player who played terribly. To to me and Brandon, tell me if I'm wrong.
1: If Bruce so, Arians so goes why, out to so, press so conference so like I think Brady played the, well, is,
2: he's not taken
1: seriously. So if this is the right way to do things, then why didn't Bill Belichick do it? He's never done it. Well, He's never done it. And obviously he ways. has the perfect formula for winning. No, he doesn't. Sure, you don't stand. That's a card that you keep in your back pocket for week 15, week 16, and you need to really get somebody going. But to open up the season and, and call out the GOAT, that way, I think it's a, it's a recipe for disaster. You just don't see coaches doing that. It's, it, it adds no value at all. If I'm a player, I'm looking at it because Tom, then if that's the case, then you're telling Tom Brady he can do it. You're telling every other player in the locker room they can do it. Oh, it was that guy. Let's point the, fin- let's point the finger at everyone of us. the blame yeah. game. It was my left tackle. It was my right tackle. It was Mike Evans. You don't do that. It's, 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 it's not good chemistry, and it breaks down your locker room.
0: What do you think, Wilds? Brandon, he's a
3: he's a 43-year-old man. Like he's got six (laughs) Super Bowl rings. He's not a Faberge egg. Like you can you can you can toughen him up a little bit. Like give me like the only issue I have is Bruce Arians kind of like running off at the mouth and being like, "Yeah, I'm prematurely knocking on Brady." Because Brandon, you had it right. Here's a quote I want to show you. Arians said after the game that the pick, the first one, Brandon, was the result of an overthrown pass against cover two. But Monday, after watching the film, he clarified that Evans should have, quote, no doubt kept the route going, as it was against quarters coverage, which opened up the middle of the field. So I don't have an issue with him saying, like, hey, Tom Brady played bad. But now Bruce Arians is backtracking on criticism. I think that is more of a concern rather than giving Tom Brady some well-deserved lumps, Brandon.
1: Yeah, yeah, Brian, I don't, I, you know, I don't know if you want to jump in here again. I just think it's bad. You know, it's like uh, on the airwaves this morning, that's all we're talking about. Instead of, instead of uh, us talking about, you know, well, them here. losing and what they need to do to move forward, uh, we're talking about all these headlines. It's a distraction. You know, you're putting Mike Evans in a bad spot, Tom Brady in a bad spot. You're putting yourself in a bad spot. When you really have a great opportunity to do something uh, uh, tremendous this year.
5: Well, here's the thing about Tom Brady. We know that he's a student of the game. We know that he's also a student of coaches. I have to believe that when he went down there with Bruce Arians, this isn't the first time that Bruce Arians has called out players. This this is not the first time that he's called out even some of the mistakes that he has made. So I have to believe that Bruce Arians was, number one, 100% honest with Tom when he came down there. I'm going to coach you like everyone else because here's the most important thing. We don't have a bunch of time to be building things down here in in Tampa. we got to win right now. You don't bring in Tom Brady to try to build a system and win in four or five years. You need to win right now. So we don't have time to kind of measure our words. We have to go out there and win right now. And Tom Brady accepted that. He has been coached hard by Bill Belichick. He hasn't been called out in the media in this way, but he has been coached hard before. So for Tom Brady, I think that he's always been his toughest critic. And this is just another thing for him to go out there and try to overcome.
0: I agree, Brian. I don't think there's no way, shape, or form was this a surprise to Tom Brady. I'm sure he knew that Bruce Arians was going to call him out on it. I'm sure they spoke before the season that he was going to be coached hard. All right, Bucks do host Carolina next week—a chance for Brady to totally redeem himself. Uh, On the other side, what's on the line for Kawhi and the Clippers? We got a little Game Seven tonight. This is first things first. Oh, Broussard back with us. Laker fans. Sunday on Fox, Dak, Zeke, Cowboys in their home opener against Matt Ryan and the Falcons, or you may see Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers taking on the Jets. All that NFN auction kicks off 1 Eastern. Check local listings for the games in your area, or you can watch it on the Fox Sports app. And we are back here with Chris Broussard. We're talking some Nuggets, some Clippers, and a big Game 7 tonight. Felt like I was reading a little story time to my kids. Um, the Clippers on the verge of their first Western Conference Finals berth, but also on the verge of a total meltdown. They led 3-1 in this series and had a 22-point lead late in Game 6. But regardless, here we are. How very existential of me. Game 7 tonight. Here's Doc Rivers on how he will get his team ready.
5: Is so what you're going to say to the team tomorrow? Yeah. No, I'm going to say let's go win. There's no uh, Raw speeches are very overrated. Dan, they they last about three minutes, and you come running out, and you're fired up, and then three minutes later, you got to focus on playing basketball. So, there's no like secret speech. You know that's for, um, you know the, the movies. You know the real thing is, you got to have them prepared.
0: All right, Bruce what will it mean for Kawhi and the Clippers if they do in fact lose this game tonight?
4: Well, for Kawhi, it would mean that all the talk about him being the best player in the world would cease. I I thought that talk was premature anyway, but he's in the running, and I felt like this postseason we would see who indeed is the best player in the world between Kawhi, LeBron, and and earlier on, you could say throw Giannis in there. But LeBron has established himself still at 35 as the best player in the world. All that said, though, Kawhi Leonard's a made man. He's got two championships. I know he didn't lead the Spurs to the championship, but he certainly led the Raptors to the championship last year. And so he's a made man. This would, this would not hurt his reputation at all. Again, mm-hmm. I said earlier, it is rare oh, that a not. team just gets thrown together right away and wins a championship. LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and, and Chris oh. Bosh couldn't be thrown together and win a championship. So this would just, this would, what this would show is that, as I said earlier, you cannot cheat the process. Okay, Kawhi hasn't practiced a lot this year. He's low-managed. Paul George has missed a lot of the season. The Clippers' attitude overall has been that we can turn it on when we need to. The regular season isn't that important. We got the most talent in the league. We will win. Losing, I don't think they'll lose tonight, but losing either tonight or to the Lakers will actually be good for them because next season they will oh come God. back into the, oh the season with a chip on their shoulder got to be kidding oh, me. they'll come in with a chip on their shoulder and they will be they will take the regular season broussard. seriously work on broussard. their chemistry and then maybe next year they'll win the championship
2: broussard you can't argue that not winning the title this year would be good for them because it helps them win the title next year. Even if that's true, they would just be net
4: even on titles. Sounds like he did though. It's totally totally insane. Obviously, they want to win the championship this year. Well, here's my point though. What does LeBron James say about 2011 when he lost to Dallas and melted down? Yes. Ultimately, it was better. It made him better. Okay, that's th- okay, all I'm saying th- that's about fine. The- Of course, they want to th- win it this year, that's, but if they that's don't, fine, but it will make them better for next year. That's all I'm saying. I-, I think you are. I think you are
2: so wildly underplaying what losing tonight would mean for Kawhi. It's one thing. It's one thing if you get beat. If they get beat by the Lakers in a tough series. I don't think it's an indictment on them. I don't think people are crushing them. That is a totally different thing. But it's not just that it's hard to come together and win a title in one year. It's you would have blown a 3-1 lead to a team full of young guys with zero championships between them. It is you would have blown a 3-1 lead where in Game 5 you were up 15 in the second half. Where in Game 6 you were up 19 in the second half. And you mentioned Kawhi's a made man. He is, however, the narrative all year, Brandon, has been that Kawhi Leonard has a chance. He and LeBron both have a chance first player with three finals mvps on three different teams if they lose tonight america as a whole i set your watch to it will start far more accurately remembering that first finals mvp because all finals mvps are not created equal and when they tell the story of oh, he's won finals mvp with two times with two different teams it kind of glosses over that year with the spurs He was a a 12-point-a-game player and that finals games one and two he had nine points and nine points so this narrative that should have never started is he the best player in the world where is he going to be in the all-time pantheon when he's not in the top 200 in all-time scoring all of that will cease permanently if you blow a 3-1 lead in the second round to the nuggets and for doc brandon when there's only been six blown 3-1 leads in the last 20 years and he has a chance to have three of them himself with prime T-Mac, prime Chris Paul, and now prime Kawhi, it will be, tomorrow will be an absolute open season on Doc Rivers if they lose tonight, Brandon.
1: Yeah, I just don't, I just don't know the answer to this, right? Because raw, raw speeches obviously don't, wa- don't work. You heard Doc uh, say that. You know, they're playing really good defense. You got three perimeter de- de- uh, defenders that can really guard anybody in the league. And then, obviously, you got, uh, you got PG-13, who's actually playing decent. You know, he's, he went with yep. 30-plus the, cu- the last couple games. So, I mean, when you look at it, it's like, where do you fix it? So, when you, when you really break it down, it, it, to me, the conversation is more about the Denver Nuggets. You know, Jokic is playing lights out. Like, I don't, I don't know how you stop this shot, this Dirk Nowinski shot, you know, off balance, on one leg yeah. and throw it up, bottom of the net. I just don't know how you stop that. And then you have Murray, which I'm not expecting a lot from. You know, this guy comes in and, and they, in, in the key moments, he's hitting a big shot. But they, they've really done a great job of stabilizing him. To me, in this game... Uh, it's going to come down to Gary Harris. It's going to come down to Michael Porter Jr. really stepping up and playing lights out. If these guys can find the basket, I don't think the Clippers have a chance. And now we're going to go into an off offseason. There's going to be a lot of speculation. Do we blow it up? Do they stick together? And in my head, it's just no. like, you just got to chop it up to like, they, we're we just outplayed. That's what you got to look at it. You got to blame the bubble. You know, you got Paul George coming in and say, I just didn't feel it. And, you know, obviously I don't want to take his mental health for granted. But, you know, he he spoke up and said, like, look, you know, I was depressed and dealing with a little anxiety. So you got to think that 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 has trickled down into the locker room in a major way. And if I'm Paul George and I'm Kawhi, you just got to have some real conversations this offseason and fix it because running to a new team is not going to fix it fine. Uh, uh, coach, uh, Coach Rivers is not going to fix it. You guys have everything you need. There's no excuse. You're in a good organization. You have an owner that will give you anything you want. You have a, a Hall of Fame head coach, and you have two superstar players. What else do you guys need? Right now, you're just being outplayed in the biggest moments.
3: Okay, so I got a few things.
1: There's, well, there's zero chance, even if they
3: lose, there's zero chance that Doc Rivers is being fired. Like, Steve Ballmer loves Doc Rivers, so there, there's zero chance that but would happen, even if he does. Even if this is his third 3-1 lead. I want to go back to Broussard for a second. Broussard, you really you, you let me down. You really let me down. <laughs> I, I've been riding with you this entire time, and Nick, when, when they were down 3-1, we tried to... We, Nick, get, get off the... nut. He refused to move off the Nuggets. And now, next thing you know, you come on the show and you and you're and you're putting more chips on the roulette board and these you said, Oh, they're cheating the process, there's low management, it's hard to come together. Took like, notes. You knew all this stuff. I love it. We were defending it together, buddy. We were blazer buddies, and now we're then we were clipper buddies <laughs> against Nick teamed up
4: and, and then you're just abandoning I me. Still- well, I, I, just... I still don't know if you picked the Blazers. I, I still don't know if you picked the Blazers in that <laughs> series. <of the> <laughs> but hold on. You, I am not Neither switching my pick in the series. And even if, it, if, if, if the Lakers Clippers series had started, I would not switch. I would have to just suck it up and take the L. I am switching before the series begins. I think the Clippers win the night and get to the Lakers. And I am saying now I think the Lakers okay. win. That's my job right. as an analyst. It's not to be a cheerleader. It's not to root for a team. No, it is to say you're who right. I believe. Will but it's win. also and it, I think correct. The
2: win. It's also to be, to be, to be fair. You're right. That is your job as an analyst. As an added bonus of the job you would like to not have to series-by-series series, change picks because your chess pieces <laughs> keep getting knocked off the board like you're playing Bobby <laughs> Fischer. But, listen, as you've said many times, I'm Thank just a young analyst. I'm just a young analyst that goes with my head. Whip say, <laughs> <ears. laughs> Oh, it goes with my heart instead of my head. Not the savvy veteran Chris Broussard who's been covering the league since pre-merger years. So what do I know? Take it, I Broussard. I do, however, know this, America... If you are not betting on tonight's game, if you do not have a rooting interest, if you are just a fan of the NBA, it is better for the, as much as we all want to see Clippers-Lakers, it is better for the NBA if the meltdown is complete and the Nuggets win, because long term, it will end this level of load management. The idea that you can have a superstar come in and say, I want one out of four games off will be over forever. So if you want to get back to guys playing at least 70 to 75 games, well, Wilds, you can say no, it won't. He's the only guy in the league who does it. Nobody else load manages the way Kawhi does. And if his season ends in utter shambles, Ah. it's not happening anymore. And he
3: scores 35 sure points Clippers because Montrez Harrell cool. can't guard Joker. It has nothing to do with load management.
0: Yeah, okay, I don't know if we'll, Kawhi's we'll, going to we'll, come we'll out we'll we'll as this. You know, I think I'm going to play every game next year. All right, got to go to break. Broussard, enjoy watching the games tonight. Can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you, as always. Coming up, is it already panic time for Tomorrow. Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys? Next, first things first.
1: All right, guys.
0: All right, we'll talk some Dak Prescott in a second. But first, sponsored by Mattress Firm, where they help you rest easy. Brandon, check out Steelers rookie Chase Claypool with the toe-drag swag on his first career catch. But, Brandon, but, Brandon, was this a better throw or a better catch?
1: Listen, it's, it's week one. I don't want to overreact. But there's guys <laughs> on this set that said that Ben Roethlisberger wasn't happy. This is a better catch. I mean, could you ask for better ball placement, man? Nick, what do you think? Is Ben healthy or not? Oh, yeah. Well,
2: I said, I said, I I thought Ben was cooked. Ben didn't look cooked yesterday. That was a perfect throw and an even better catch. I mean, I thought, I thought it was a great, great throw by Big Ben. I got it. Listen, I give credit. Thank you. I give credit.
0: Yeah. I'm figuring out pretty quickly the bar is super high for wide receivers to do something great on this show. Back here Brian Westbrook, we're talking Dallas Cowboys. Dallas, if this was a show about burpees, it would be the same with me, Brandon. Dallas looking to get back on track after dropping their season opener to the Rams Sunday night. So the Cowboys will now shift their sights to a week two matchup with the Atlanta Falcons Sunday, 1 Eastern on Fox. Head coach Mike McCarthy already with a sense of urgency when it comes to winning. Take a listen.
2: I think overall, uh, you know, just to give an overall assessment of, a, of our football team, I, we frankly, we look like a football team that played its first game last night in some areas. And, and in, in other areas, I thought we'd, we'd done, we did a lot of really good things. Uh, so, you know, we, we have a grading index that, that, that we put a lot of time into. And so we're, we're closer than, than you may think we are. But at the end of the day, you know, our honeymoon is over. Uh, it's time to win games. And, and you know, that's our focus
0: all right someone say the time was uh, before the season started but but Brian Westbrook this was everyone's first weekend of football nobody had a preseason no one really had OTA so a lot of these teams are really getting to know each other for the first time what did you make with personnel what did you make of what Mike McCarthy had to say
5: well I think he's absolutely right the honeymoon is over the reason why you bring Mike McCarthy in is to win right away. And, and most times when you're a head, new head coach going into a situation, you just don't have a bunch of talent on your team. And this is most times. I, I, I guess the, the Browns would be a little bit different. But on this football team in Dallas, I mean, you have a ready-made offense. You have an all-star running back. You have a very good quarterback. You had an offensive line that came into the season as one of the better offensive lines in the league and then you have three receivers on the offensive side of the ball that all think they can get uh, uh, over 1,000 yards to be number one receivers. Defense, you I mean? You paid a bunch of people money on the defensive side of the ball. So this team should be ready-made to win. You, you kind of also have to mention, there's been a lot of analysts, there's been a lot of talk, people that talk about football and, and coaches as well that think that this team has, the Cowboys have the opportunity to make it in the talent, to make it, to the Super Bowl. So, of course, this is win now mode for Mike McCarthy and this football team. And we did not see that in the first week. And, and I have to be honest, I'll, I'll tell you guys this. When I saw Mike McCarthy coming to this team, I'm saying, you know, with the year off, and I'm thinking I'm going to get Andy Reid creativity. I think I'm going to get Kyle Shanahan type oh, of creativity no. and play design. Exactly. And what we saw this week was not that. We didn't see oh, a bunch of motions, we didn't see a bunch of guys moving around, we didn't see a bunch of players. Um, just being open down the field wide open down the field kind of the same way that we see in san francisco we saw a vanilla plain jane type of offense and maybe it was because they didn't have the preseason but if they this football team wants to beat the good teams which last year they struggled to do they have to find a way offensively to do something totally different than they did in the first week
1: oh come on brian did you really think you could teach an old dog new tricks? I mean, everybody thought that, but you're right, man. There was only a few little wrinkles here. I I, I absolutely feel bad for Coach McCarthy. He is in the worst spot you can be in as a coach. Let's look at this graphic and see all the teams with new head coaches. And you tell me, out of all these coaches, these five coaches, who has more pressure? It's coach oh, McCarthy nobody. and here's why yep.
0: without a doubt listen the Cal, doubt. he's
1: talking he's talking about this honeymoon they've been on this honeymoon since uh, uh, Tony Romo bobbled the snap in the playoffs. We've been talking <laughs> about this team as if they've been the New England Patriots every single year every single week We're talking about them being contenders, and they haven't done anything now. I do think they have the playoffs, everything they right. need I do like coach McCarthy as a leader but, yes, as the play caller and, and being creative, it's just not there. I just think he's in a tough spot, and I think it's time for them to move on. This is all about what they can change on offense. And I, and I don't put it on Coach McCarthy because he's not going to change. But who can change is Dak Prescott. Okay, Nick, when you look at Dak, he needs to run more. I talked about it yesterday. He's so dynamic as a runner. We saw it on third down when the game was on the line uh, just the other night. He needs to do that in the first quarter, the second quarter, third quarter, and the fourth quarter. He needs to do that every time he can.
2: Brandon, so, you're so absolutely Brian, right. Wilds, I a question of- Wilds, can I? Go ahead. Oh, I, just, I, can I you apologize, Wilds. Can I- you're, the, you're the person that does the analogies on the show, so I want to run one by you. To continue Mike McCarthy's metaphor of our honeymoon is over because if you're a Cowboys fan you feel like you're on your second marriage and right after the honeymoon you're like oh my god she's the exact same person as my ex and I'm terrified (laughs) it's like wait did we lose a close game check was play calling curious check was the clock management disastrous check did we have a vanilla offense check it's like this is why I'm not, like, I've moved on, yet I feel like I'm in the exact same place. So if you're, listen, I picked the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl, Wilds, so I'm not abandoning ship after one week. But a lot of the same bugaboos that bit them last year were why they lost week one, Wilds. So, I'll throw it to Brian. You, what do you want to see
3: creatively specifically? Because to the untrained eye, my, ah! If C.D. Lamb gets that first down, it's a different ball game. Like, eh, may, I like him going forward, but maybe they kick that field goal. But do you want to see, did you want to see just for the sake of, like, sending a message, something, some wild play down the
5: field, something super creative? What did you want to see specifically? No, I wanted to see an offense that was much more wide open. A guy, an offense that uses shifts and motions early on, um, before the play even starts, just to get a defense off balance to put a defense in a bad situation there were just too many times I felt like the defense had a very good idea of exactly what the Cowboys were going to do and probably because of what Brandon pointed out that Mike McCarthy hasn't changed very much which in everything that he said before the season he had changed a lot he has been in the in the lab trying to figure out how to do different things in the NFL bring out different things for this football team I want to see an explosive offense that's going down the field that that's going to be attacking have three wide receivers that can go get it go allow those guys to go down the field and make some plays and, and I think that Dak has the ability to throw the ball down there and, and get those completions. I would love to see a lot more of Tony Pollard out of the backfield his ability to affect the game with his speed and quickness. I still think is there and, and I'll say this you look at the, the next four games that the Cowboys have Atlanta at Seattle Cleveland and the Giants if they don't find a way. To, to, I think they'll beat Cleveland and the Giants the, the, the last two of this next four, but if they don't find a way to win at least three of these next four, then they're gonna be in the same situation as they were last year, beating the bad teams and losing to the good teams, and that's a bad situation.
0: And as we said before the season started, this is a, a relatively easy division for them, this is their opportunity. Hey, Big Ben able to shake off the rust last night on Monday Night Football. Are the Steelers looking like contenders? Next, first things first. You were on it, Brandon Marshall.
1: Bang, bang.
0: It was supposed to be a new chapter for the Browns after last season. New coaching staff, a healthy OBJ, a revamped offensive line, and yet second verse same as the first Baker struggled badly Odell was a non-factor complete disconnect between the two head coach Kevin Stefanski said the disconnect is something quote we have to get to the bottom of Hmm, mystery Brandon this isn't a new relationship this is a veteran wide receiver this is a third year quarterback These are two people who spent all last season together. If you spent 17 games with a quarterback, I would like to believe you'd have some chemistry there already built in. But what did you make of what Stefanski said about his two stars?
1: Yeah, also let's add a rookie head coach in the mix there. You know, he's jumping the gun here. He needs to take a chill pill. But obviously... You know, when a coach comes out in week one and make that type of statement, it says that this is a point of emphasis in the entire building. When you go out and you get Odell <laughs> Beckham Jr., you're thinking that this kid is going to come in and change the locker room. He's going to change the outcome of games. And he hasn't done that in his time in Cleveland. Now, when you really look at it, and, 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 I, and I spent time last night just watching every single play. And I went back and I watched it over and over and over again. And what I saw was coach actually played called a good game. He put Odell in place. There's so many different ways you can approach getting your number one receiver involved. You can leave him out there. and You can say, look, when it's one on one, we're coming to you. Or you can move him around so you can make it hard for the defensive coaches to scheme and figure out where he's at. And what they did is they put Odell all over the place. They put him at X wide receiver on the backside, on the short side of the field. They put him at Z. They gave him space. They put him in a the slot. They, on first down, they went play action. They took their shots down the field. They tried to go for those chunk plays they just did a great job on the baltimore ravens side of getting under odell's routes so if i'm coach i just sit back and say look odell this is not your game right that's how you should have approached this because you know going in the baltimore ravens traditionally do a good job of taking out Uh, the number one route receivers when they're outside the numbers so what you should have done and if I'm coach moving forward I'm going to these guys and I'm like look Odell I'm gonna get you involved in the screen game I'm gonna throw these one yard smoke routes I'm gonna throw these one yard uh, slant routes just to get you going Odell's like a basketball player and a lot of these uh, uh, diva high-profile wide receivers and I like to throw my name in that category when I was playing as well all we (laughs) want is to be involved early just throw Throw us a little hitch route throw us a little bubble route and everything else will fall in line you don't need the big chunk plays you don't need the 20 yard in cuts you don't need the play action 15 yard comeback and it goes down the down the field because you only get two or three of those opportunities in a game because teams are going to double you teams are going to roll cover roll coverage to you so if i'm coach i'm taking a deep breath and i'm trying to get my guy involved early because the last thing you want is a young baker mayfield who can get the job done and still has so much to learn and he's on his own maturation process he's going through his own journey you don't want this guy dropping back thinking about oh where's odell i gotta get the ball to odell because if i don't get it to odell he could be on the sideline uh getting into it with the net you don't want that you want him to organically (laughs) and naturally go through his offense his progression
2: So listen, there's, there's, it's true. I mean, there's, there's two, there's two things here. And I mean, Jenna can roll her eyes, but one of them is that the reason you have a number one wide receiver is so he dictates the number count of the defense. If you double team him, then you have a numerical advantage or against nine defenders with the rest of your guy and you play with the rest of the field. If you don't double team him, then you go to him. Like, that, if that part is simple, and that is why true star number one receivers are valuable. But on the part that, understandably, for many, was making Jenna and others roll their eyes, that's the emotional coddling part of this. And that is where we can say we all wish everyone had Larry Fitzgerald's disposition. But most guys don't. And a lot of wide receivers are much closer to Odell or Brandon Marshall's disposition than they are Larry Fitzgerald. And this is because, and Brandon, I've heard you say this, and this is a point that I've made independent of this for years, which is it is the single most dependent position in all of sports. Pick any, if you're a great basketball player... You, 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 winning or losing, you can't maybe dictate on your own, but you can get your own buckets, you can get your own stops. In baseball, no matter what your it teammates are, success. you are going to get your at-bats every game, or you're a pitcher, you're going to get to try to strike people out. Every other player on the field, you're a lineman, you can win your one-on-one battle. You're a running back, you can, unless you're Saquon last night, and you're just drawing totally dead, yep. you usually can make, you can you hit holes. If you are a receiver, you could, in theory... Play a perfect game. And Odell didn't, by the way. Nothing close to it. But you could and end with zero catches. And that has been your life since you started playing football. It leads to some emotional volatility. It leads to some woe-is-me moments. It leads to some crises of confidence, I would imagine. It is the coach's job to know who his most important personnel are and to get through to them in that regard. So, a sp- I question I have for you, Brandon, is especially early in your career, you were always emotional, but early in your career, you were really emotional. And just like Odell, they always had a camera on you on the sideline. For your better coaches, what did they do? To, right. Yeah. What did they do to try to get you in the right mental space so you could you could play your best football?
1: Yeah, uh, a number one wide receiver could be your biggest asset or could be your biggest, uh, detri- the biggest detriment to your team. And, and Coach Shanahan and-, and Jeremy Bates, Jay Cutler, I think, they did, I-, I think they did a phenomenal job when we were in Denver. They knew I wanted to be involved. They knew getting me involved uh, was beneficial to-, to our team's success. So what they would do is they would literally come to me before games and say, Brandon, uh, Wednesday, w- when we're starting game planning, Uh, uh, for the opponent of that week, they would come to me and say, Brandon, this is not your game, but here's what we're going to do to get you involved. We're going to throw you a quick screen. We're going to throw you a bubble. And then in the third quarter, we'll see how things uh, line up. But if if it's not looking good, we're going to get you involved again with the same game plan, just throwing you a screen and a bubble. And I was okay with that. And I think you just got to be transparent with these type of with these type of wide receivers, and you got to be honest. So when you when it comes to Odell, I think it's super simple. Just line the guy up at the X wide receiver, and when it's one on one, go to him. And then when they're doubling him, just try to find a, a way to get him involved in the screen game. That's all you have to do. You don't have to be fancy. You don't have to over scheme it. Just simplify it. And just it'll it'll make the it'll make it easier for everyone in the building from the play caller to Baker Mayfield who, who who needs it the most and then also Odell Coach Shanahan. Jay Cutler, Jeremy Bates did a phenomenal job with managing me. And that's why year in and year out was able to have a hundred plus catches every single year because half of them was made what came from me just catching a simple bubble screen. We looked at it as just a extended run play. That's what we looked at it as. Like, look, if Brandon picks up four, that's equivalent to our running back picking up four or five yards. We're we're in good position on third down. But Brandon
3: and, and, Nick, you've been one of the biggest Odell defenders in the media. He did yeah. have 10 targets. And, and, and I, I know the Ravens have a great defense. He had 10 targets. He had three receptions for 22 he yards. Had a chance. So the idea that, tu- that Tuesday morning that we need to come and be like, we need to do more stuff for Odell, I think that's the but reason that's- for some of the public pushback on, on the
2: Odell narrative. So I think that's where the numbers lie a bit because, Brandon, you, you mentioned you watched every snap. So those 10 targets, three were knocked down by Marcus Peters or the safety. Like, three were pass deflections. Yep. Another three were wildly errant passes by Baker. You had one drop you're by uh, Odell and then three catches. Like, I mean, so he did, but none of them were, or only one of them was what you're talking about, a layup. Let's just get him involved, immediate one-step, boom, go. But the other side of this, just real quick, because I I just, I I think it's important. Uh, Baker, listen, Baker had the second most picks of anyone in football this year. He's, last year. He started this year on the very first drive with an interception. Like, With Odell is always yep. going to be a center of attention, and he brings that on himself in, in large regard. But And, and Jenna, where I pushed back somewhat on some of your criticism of Odell, you have been thus far spot on about Baker. And Baker said he was—and his comments after this game have been better, but his, his play in week one looked a lot like last year. And so Baker's and- the other piece of this where he's got to be far, far better moving forward.
0: Correct, I agree. And Odell is at the mercy of Baker, and when Baker's already struggling right out of the gate, that's a lot of pressure to put on your star wide receiver. Time yep. for Take Your Pick, Nuggets Clippers, Game 7 tonight, 9 p.m. Mm. The winner advances to face the Lakers, Kevin Wilds. Let's start with you. Who wins tonight?
3: Yeah. Oh, I'm going Kawhi with a big game, and, and Joker also has a big game, but I think they put the clamps on Jamal Murray. Also, big win for the Celtics, little bonus pick from Kevin Wilds.
0: Oh, bonus pick, Brandon! Oh yeah,
1: no, you got to go with the Nuggets. They have all the momentum. I just don't see how you stop this team, especially if they're finding the basket. I, I, I think uh, you're going to see a big game from from Harris. You're going to see a, a big game from Michael Porter Jr. And then we're going to see an interesting Western Conference Finals. Yep. Bad game by Paul George.
2: Nick Wright gets to be the only person in America to get this series exactly right. Nuggets and seven from the very beginning. Never wavered America. We finish it off tonight, Jenna. Let's we go. Gotta go.
0: Catch those futures.